This is To The Last Drop. I'm Liam Delcom. And I'm Brendan Nell. Well, we're we in studio. This is the first episode, guys. And, and uh, yeah, Eddie's in town. Uh, it's test week. The Springbok team's been named. There's World Cup jerseys that have been uh, released. So there's loads to talk about. Are they excited that Eddie's in town? Yeah, even if it was a, a dreary week, uh, when Eddie's in town, things always liven up a little bit. Uh, he he kind of warms to the occasion. If there's a bit of adversity in the air, a bit of a needle... He tends to gravitate to it, and I think we will see that again this week. Um, I mean, he's a man that doesn't step away from that kind of, um, uh, let's say, adversity. Yeah, he, I think he's been a bit quiet so far this yeah. week, but we, we expect it sometime. Uh, about the time this podcast probably comes out, Eddie will be have something to say, yeah. I'm sure. So we expect it. But I mean, just thinking of Eddie over the years, I mean, he's never been one to shy away from a bit of controversy. He's never been... Uh, some of my fondest memories of press conferences have been with Eddie. I mean, mm. we spoke about one the other day. We Box played... Uh, I hate to bring up this game, but uh, the, the miracle of Brighton, according to the rest of the world, <laughs> the disaster, according to yeah. us. Uh, yeah, when we played Japan, and, and myself and a couple of the other journos arrived in Brighton to the Eddie's press conference, um, everything in J- Japanese. We're the only uh, Caucasian guys there, I suppose is the way to say it. Uh, and uh, we asked, can we ask a question in English? And, and uh, they said no. And Eddie said, no, 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 mate, let's, let's give him one. And he proceeded to give us this beautiful of an answer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it does chop- like a sermon like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, sort of like rising in tempo and, you know, we're going we're gonna to chop the box down. They're big boys and you're going to chop them down like trees. And anyway, so we got what we wanted. And right at the end of that, yeah, as, as we sort of finished, everybody packed up and Eddie walked over to us and said, Right, boys, you enjoy that? <laughs> so, <laughs> the ultimate showman, Eddie. Um, his, his best one, though, to me was after they beat South Africa as Japan. Yeah. Uh, he walked in, he walked into the press conference and, you know, everybody was shocked. The whole world was shocked that they'd beaten the Springboks. And the first question to him was, Eddie, uh, did you ever expect that to happen? He said, Oh, mate, you know, it's like the film. Uh, the, you know, the one, the one with the girl in the shower. Yeah, you know, yeah. When you see the knife and you see the silhouette <laughs> coming up, mate, the knife never came down, mate. And, and he had us all in stitches that day. But yeah. he is a showman. What a man! Yeah, I, I experienced the opposite of him once. Uh, although it wasn't directed at me, um, the Wallabies arrived in Durban uh, for a Tri Nations Test. I think Jake White was still the box coach, and uh, George Gregan and Eddie Jones walked into the room, and they both looked absolutely filthy. Um, and the reason they were because there was a report the week before. Uh, written by a South African journalist who happened to be in the room at the time uh, that suggested that he attributed quotes to Jones in which Jones was supposed to have said uh, the box soft underbelly is in fact the pack which of course will will stir yeah. the box <laughs> to action <laughs> and that's the last thing Eddie wanted so at some point during the uh, press conference and he was asked about those quotes he turned to the journalist in question and uh, there was let's just say an inquisition started <laughs> that was well I, I was trying to think I mean the last time I, I wrote a piece earlier this week that last time Eddie was at, at Loftus first felt was the 92-3 yeah. thrashing of the Bulls and I'm waiting for one of us to get the chance to ask him that question this week yeah. and knowing, knowing Eddie his answer would oh mate you're a, a rugby historian are you? Yeah, mm. that would be his type of answer. But look, he's definitely going to bring something different to the game. Um, I, I can understand why the box are saying they, they're going to concentrate on their own game because you never know what Eddie's going to bring. But you must be, you must almost expect yeah. the unexpected this week. Absolutely. So yeah, and, and we should get a couple of interesting quotes out of him, I reckon. And in fact, team announcement uh, on Thursday should be should be fairly interesting. So 
um, yeah, looking forward to that. But I mean, Loftus is a very important ground for Eddie. Um, he made his international debut there back in 2001. Mm. He took over from Rod McQueen, took over a very successful Wallabies team. Uh, they were world champs. They had just beaten the British and Irish Lions. Jones took over his first assignment, and it was a real baptism of fire. Uh, he had to bring his team to Loftus for the box uh, under Harry Fullion. And two weeks later, his next game was against the All Blacks at Carisbrook. Now, in world rugby, I don't think you could have at that time asked for a tougher assignment. They ran the box desperately close. It was a hugely uninspiring 2015 win. Um, I say uninspiring in that it was just uh, trench warfare. I mean, the guys took lumps out of each other. Um, Box won that one 2015, but then I think that showed Eddie Jones that this team can play in any hostile environment. So he took that team to Carisbrook, and they beat the All Blacks for the first time in Dunedin. Mm. Uh, and of course, I think that partly is probably the the making of Eddie Jones, the making of the legend. Yeah, and, and I think this week, you know, expecting the unexpected. I know there's some some pundits out there saying that the the, the Wallabies should try and run the box. Ragged at Loftus at, at altitude, which seems no. a rather silly thing to try and do. Uh, I, I don't expect them to play much rugby, to be very mm. honest. I, I expect Eddie to to play very un-Australian rugby this mm. weekend, big pack, um, and try and lay into the box and try and disrupt them physically, and then you know kick the ball up, kick the leather off the ball the whole time. Yeah, I mean they're expecting Nick White and Quade Cooper to play. Uh, if Nick White starts, which yeah, I think that is widely anticipated, expect a lot of kicks. Uh, but then also another key man for them will be Reese Hodge. He's got the cannon boot. Uh, he was asked about it the other day. Um, you know, he's got the big boot, and he was asked whether he fancies chances from his own half. And he was said absolutely because I mean he he'll probably have to take care a little bit in that in when he kicks tactically he could overcook it. Yeah. Uh, look, I think the box probably have have look. I, they don't have any big boots. Money, the box not really a big boot, and Vili the Rue, the other guys, Andre Estes, and but so the box won't really go for the long kicks. I don't think, but they'll mm. go more for position there. Um, but saying that, um, yeah, I mean Eddie, Eddie, I think we we all waiting in in anticipation for Eddie, and I think yeah, this we've got to realize that while this is a test. This is probably the start of a journey for Eddie, mm. and, and if we talk about you know, history and, and, and revenge and things like that, I don't think Eddie is going to want anything more than to maybe make England blush uh, in a oh, couple yeah. of months' time in France, and I think that will be his ultimate game, probably more than winning at Loftus, but mm. uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, starting to get, he's starting to put a puzzle together there for the World Cup, and don't be surprised if they surprise a lot of people at the World Cup. I think if you're a smart punter, you may have to have a look at Australia because although he's up against it in terms of time, in terms of preparation time for World Cup, um, you know, if you look at that Wallabies team, the the talent available to him, and also their draw, they come from a more favourable side of the draw, um, you'd have to say that, you know, they will at least, you'd expect them to be in the semi-finals. And I suppose once you're there, uh, you should be a contender. Yeah, definitely. Now, Eddie, uh, the, the, one, of the, one of the other reasons we like Eddie is because he's a man who loves a lot of wine. And uh, this this podcast is called Until the Last Drop. Or is it To the Last Drop? To the Last, to drop. The last drop. To Sorry, the last yeah, drop. first episode and I get the, the name wrong. But anyway, uh, <laughs> shows when you have a drop in your, your glass, you might might get things wrong. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, and and we all remember in 2018 that test when he brought England yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, they got to, off to I think it was twenty four three or something that mm. the lead, and then Piwi uh, um, Dianti and, and Spoon Corsi mm. put on this masterclass with a box and they hauled them in. 
Afterwards, Eddie got a bit harassed by one of the fans. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And, uh, yeah, but typical Eddie, when, when, when we uh, sort of asked him about it afterwards, he was very humble. And uh, this is how he put it. Uh, I was just asking where I could get, get a good bottle of Pinot Tage. <laughs> and I'm still waiting for the answer. So uh, if anyone can help me out, please help me out. What did they say to you? Uh, they said, go find it yourself. So <laughs> I'll have to go and find it myself. <laughs> Guys, I wouldn't worry about that. I thought it was such a great game of rugby. And you worry about one little conversation in the tunnel about a bottle of red wine. I wouldn't worry about it too much, guys. And speaking of pinots uh, and, and looking for good... Is it pinot or pinot in, in Australia? Oh, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as you've got the bottle, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, Mind you, uh, pinot at Loftus might be something else as well. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> they, they like uh, things a bit... Uh, as they say in Africa, it's hard to quill, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, th- I think they things that w- start with the name Clip and, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. probably more their style there. But anyway, today we've got a lovely bottle of Middlefay free run Pinotage. Free run being obviously the operative yeah, yeah, yeah. word. Is that a leak in the um, And if you're having in Stellenbosch, it's a good place to go. Middlefay does this amazing little thing where they you can actually make your own wine. So you get a bunch of different blends and you can blend your own wine, which is a lovely thing for a birthday or a gift, etc. And it's a mate of mine, Ben. Tell them we sent you if you if you do go around mm. there. Uh, but yeah, while we're about did, it, it's just a good bottle of wine to enjoy. Did you try your hand at this? I have. I've done it several times, in fact. I've got a couple of bottles at home like oh, that. Oh. And uh, they, they even print Grapes out. of wrath? Or no? <laughs> no? Well, uh, <laughs> none of that. Uh, okay. Eddie might try that, though. But uh, um, yeah, you, they even print out the label of your choice for it. So it oh, makes wonderful. a lovely little, little thing. It's something different. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds like something I should be doing as well at some point. But yeah, um, yeah. Winelands at this stage seems. Uh, a fair distance off, given given our commitments of the next few months, Brendan. Yeah, we don't have any tests down there at the coast, unfortunately, and uh, I think we're all always looking for an excuse to find a way into the winelands and the Cape. Um, but yeah, we, the closest we're probably going to get is Bordeaux at some point uh, mm. in the season, and let's hope that's a, that's a good week as well. Mm. Speaking about full-bodied um, uh, reds and, and stuff like that, uh, Will Skelton will no doubt be a player to watch if he gets to run out uh, for the Wallabies on Saturday. Uh, a lot has been made about his inclusion, uh, along with that of Richie Arnold. Um, you know, the Wallaby engine room will suddenly be, be stocked and no doubt stoked. Um, what do you make of those selections? And do you think that they will make the big difference for the Wallabies, uh, not just this weekend, but sort of going forward to World Cup? Because Eddie has stated that uh, winning your set-piece ball and having a bit more mongrel up front would mm-hmm. be key elements at World Cup. Well, look, I mean, they, they, they certainly, I mean, they've been talking the whole week. Alan Alatoa said they were going to go toe-to-toe with the box. Look, Skelton and, and, and Richie, I mean, they've both done exceptional things in in. in French rugby mm. and in club rugby, we've seen that across the last season or two, uh, and they're big units. They're massive units. But you always got to ask yourself, what do you give up if you if you include a guy like that? Mm. And you know, the Springboks are the type of team who quite probably relish it. You know, the mm. bigger the guy, yeah. the, they'd probably quite enjoy that. You know, yeah. no, no matter who, even Kurt the Orange would probably enjoy trying to bring down Will Skelton. So. Uh, it, it's going to definitely make it a, a bit more of a contest up front than we used to with the Wallabies. Mm. Uh, we normally used to them trying to move the box pack around a bit. But as I say, if they're not going to play much rugby, it could work in their favor. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it depends what they bring there. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, look, it does certainly limit their lineout options because uh, they were asked about it this week and even the lineouts coach 
uh, was saying that, you know, it is a challenge to lift somebody with, with that frame. We're talking 140 <laughs> kgs <laughs> lifting uh, two tree trunks. Um, so, yeah, so it does limit their line-out options, but boy, it does give them a bit of uh, go-forward, mm-hmm. uh, a bit of mongrel in the tackle, um, you know, any, anything in the tight uh, contests, uh, you know, he's going to make his body count. I'd like to see that pack weight there, because if you, Skelton and Richie Arnold, they about 140 each, and if you take the pack, is, the front row is probably 100, 110 each. Uh, mm. We're going to look at the monster pack when you put all those numbers together. Well, and that's without uh, Taniela Tupo um, yeah. because he's he's still getting back to full fitness. I don't think he's I don't think he can play this weekend. So um, yeah, well, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how the box handle that. But I think they're probably getting used to it. And I suppose, like in Eddie's words, they're going to have to chop them down. Mm, yeah, that that certainly will be a very interesting element to that game. Um, we spoke a lot about Eddie. Um, if you Look at this, the African camp, his, his counterpart, uh, and I've asked him about this, Jacques Ninaba, um, a man that doesn't really like the headlines. Uh, you've almost got a situation where the two head coaches are complete opposites. Exactly. Well, I've, I think probably Russi's probably more the, the, yeah, the, the, the equivalent to, to, mm. to Eddie in terms of being just uh, out-of-the-box thinker, to you mm. know, quote a cliche. But, uh, yeah, Jacques doesn't, Jacques's a no-nonsense coach. He, mm. he likes to get down, do the work. He's, he's not the big one for the headlines. and. Mm. Yeah, he's also not going to you know, do the verbal sparring with Eddie yeah. either. Uh, and it's interesting that if you see that the, the the squad they've picked, uh, yeah, if we go into that now, um, yeah, it's an interesting squad because I know there was some suggestions by the Australian media yesterday that it's disrespectful to Australia, but I just think it's probably a compliment to Jacques mm. and Rossi about the depth that the Springboks have at the moment. Yeah, you could easily make an argument that other than maybe one or two positions in that team that you could even be playing just as strong a team as the team that's going to be playing in New Zealand. Mm, yeah, and they have mixed and matched. I mean, if you if you look at a if you look at that team, the starting team, uh, you've you've got Peter Steff there. You've got Dwayne. Maybe Dwayne wouldn't play otherwise, but he's the captain, and he's obviously a much celebrated and successful Springbok. Um, you've got a front row that, that has France Malarbe, you have Bongi Mbunambi in there as yeah. well. And you may even have Stephen Kitsov depending now on, on the injury, the injury yeah. to, to Oxen Chair. Um, so there are, if you look at the pack, if you just isolate the pack for a moment, I mean, there are some uh, formidable uh, timber in that pack. Guys who have won the World Cup, they've achieved against the British and Irish Lions. Um, so by no means a, a, a second-rate team. Uh, yeah, and if you look at that, I mean, you'd say Dwayne might not be playing, but I mean, Dwayne would probably walk into ninety percent of the teams worldwide, yeah. you know, just on just on experience alone. Mm. And he is a rather physical guy, Peter Steff as well. I mean, he was World Player of the Year a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, Marco van Staden's been itching for a chance. He's had ten caps. He hasn't started the game. Great yet. opportunity for him. So in front of his home crowd, that's a, it's a great one to do as well. Uh, yeah, the locks is going to be the interesting one. We, we we've spoken a lot about John Klein. In the media in the last couple of weeks, but it'd be interesting to see what he brings. And great opportunity for Marvin Ori to stake a World Cup claim. Is there's lots of competition mm. amongst the locks at the moment. Mm. The front row, to me, whichever front row you play, the box of shown in the last couple of years, it doesn't really matter. They both are, yeah, are formidable. Yeah. So I think if you look at the back line, um, yeah, I mean, you could make the argument Kanan, Moody, and Kurt the Orange could easily slot into any Springbok team. So mm. Vili Leroux is the starting choice as well. Lucanio is the starting choice. Yeah. Flyoff's going to be the interesting one. Marnie's uh, be under pressure, and the Aussies will try and put him under pressure. And uh, it won't be the first, first time a team will <coughs> try and put Marnie under pressure. I mean, he's operated uh, under that scrutiny for the longest time for the Storms. But obviously, this is a step up. Mm. Um, so the challenge will be bigger. 
Um, but if you look at his performances for the Stormers, I don't think he could have done much more. He, he did have those two blemishes against Munster. But apart from that, I mean, he's had a stellar season. Well, I think Eddie's the type of coach who'll learn from that and he'll try and put the, him under the pressure. And I think mm. the worry for Marnie is he's very much a confidence player. So if mm. his it first drops, touches, uh, you know, go well, he's, he's excellent. If he, he, if he drops a ball, he misses a kick, his confidence drops. And Loftus's crowd is, is not his biggest fan, uh, mm. I would say, because he comes from the other part of the country, yep. obviously, and he, ha- he didn't have the greatest spell at, at the Bulls. And if that happens... Um, you could see the crowd putting a bit of pressure on him as well, which would be unfortunate. Yeah. If but, you think back to Elton Yankees last year, uh, that yeah. test against Wales where the box had a pretty horrible first off. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. But this is test rugby. This mm. is where you're going to get that, whether it's an opposition crowd or your own crowd. They expect you to be the best in the mm. country. So, yeah, that's the pressure Marnie's got to handle, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if you if you look at the team that will, when I say the team, the players that will fly over early in preparation for the All Blacks test, um, there again, uh, you'll still have, or you'll probably have five or six guys who are playing this weekend who will be starters next yeah. weekend. So, um, you know, there again, that argument about, uh, you know, it being a, a sort of a Springbok B team doesn't really carry any weight. Well, the the one interesting one about those guys, because they were all the players we expected to fly over, you know, Faf, um, Eben Etzebeth, Lua uh, de Yacher. You could almost see this, the team sort of coming together. Malcolm Marx will probably start against the All Blacks. Yeah. But the one interesting selection to me was Jean-Luc Dupria, who, mm. who's flying over, who's obviously going to get his chance amongst those guys as well. Mm. And um, he'll obviously get a start there. And, and that'd be interesting because he's always been one of those players him and his brother Dan, on the fringes. They've performed mm. in English rugby and club rugby. Mm. But there's always been just so much competition in the loose forwards. Yeah. Of the Dupree's, I think he's been the one that's been knocking on the door hardest, yeah. to be fair. And 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 it's good to, for him mm. to have a chance because, I mean, look, we've got lots of depth at, at, at flank mm. as well, but you never know what's going to happen the next couple of days. There's only five test matches left to the World Cup, with, mm. including this weekend. And you've, you've got to know who your best team is by the time mm. you go to the tournament. Mm. And I suppose that's what makes this test, uh, Saturday's test against the Wallabies, a big one for Peter Stiff to tour. Yeah, we haven't seen him for a while. Mm. And, uh, and, and I mean, the last time he played, he got the red card, and if I remember right. And, uh, yeah, Marseille. Yeah, yeah and, and so, I mean, he's got something to prove. And, and from all accounts, he was one of the best players in the Japanese league. Um, you know, um, we always a bit sort of iffy about whether mm. we should take that, that seriously. Uh, Kwaka was their player of the season, for instance. But I think it serves a purpose for us, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he went through the season, he got form back, and 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 he's fit and ready. And I think that's the thing. We know he's a player that can rise to the occasion. But yeah, it's a different thing doing it in Japan and doing it in Springbok jersey. He's done it before. We just got to see if he can do it again. Mm. The back three does excite me because it's basically the back three that will be operating for the Bulls in uh, next season's <laughs> URC, isn't it? Yes, it is, and and. Um, I think Bulls fans will be pretty happy about that. Mm. Uh, it's just interesting when I just, I'm, I don't know, we're, gonna, we're talking about Springboks, but just to talk about that, I mean, the Bulls have now got a bunch of fullbacks. They've got mm. um, Jakub van der Waal, Johan Huysen can play fullback, Henry Immelman, uh, David Creel, Vili Leroux, Kurti Aronson. Just, just, I mean, they've got mm. so many options. Uh, it's going to be interesting how they get that mix right. But those three operating at Loftus on a dry summer, uh, yeah, yeah. summer's day, because we're playing now summer rugby most of the time. Yeah. And the nice thing is for the Bulls is that after this World Cup, there's no November tour. So mm. Vili Leroux will be able to have a long stint with them until the box get together again. 
So yeah. that's also a good thing. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that. But of course, there's this first hurdle to get over. I mean, we, I know we spoke about the All Blacks now, but the, the Wallaby Test is certainly one that will um, capture the imagination this weekend. And uh, there's parts of me that can't wait for this because uh, a full there's obviously, yeah, there's obviously the Eddie Jones factor. There is a full loftus. Uh, the last time the box played, they delivered a convincing performance against England. Mm. So I think fans will still feed off that and expect something similar. Um, so I think there's there's quite a bit to look forward to. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm just looking forward to seeing a, a, a you know, Loftus full again. Yeah, 50,000 people. We haven't seen that for a long time. And uh, it's just nice to see people excited about rugby again. Excited. And, and we, we've still got to realize that we're going into into the World Cup now. So there's a lot to there's a lot to uh, talk about. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you if uh, there's not just the the rugby championships, but then there's the, the three tests following that, the the rugby um, or the warm up games, it's sort of leading up to rugby World Cup. I mean, those are going to be obviously important as well. So as much as you want to win the silverware, there's the momentum yeah. that you need to take forward into those games against Argentina, uh, Wales, and the All Blacks. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, knowing that, uh, I think every every game you've got to take a step forward, and that's the way the box win or lose, you've got to, your plans have to take a step forward. Mm. Saying that, talking about the World Cup though, yeah, um, yeah, there's there's been a couple of jerseys sort of launched, a uh, couple of very interesting ones. <laughs> the Argentina alternative strip seems very sort of um, South American dictatorish with the with the, the sash going yeah, across, yeah. Um, and then there was the but of mo- Pinochet or Pinotage, yeah. what did that be? <laughs> Pino, yeah. Pino, yeah. it is Pino, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, uh, I mean the, the monstrosity for me was the all black one, and uh, yeah, I mean you don't take our word for it. One of one of our good friends, Martin Devon, one of the top uh, New Zealand radio guys, uh, had his little rant about it. Listen to what he said. No, the more I look at this, the more I just think, no. Why? What are all the squiggly bits and what, what's all that about? It's an all black jersey. Very simple, black, all blacks, rugby world cup logo. Apparel designer or manufacturer. That's all you need. You don't need a stupid collar and you don't need all these squiggly bits. Uh. Yeah, as a man with distinct opinions, uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Yeah, lots of squiggly bits on that jersey for some reason. Um, and it's, look, I'm kind of with him in that the all black jersey just lends itself to simplicity. I yeah. mean, it, there's, there's the black background and you just do little bits on it. Uh, well, I mean, that, that, remind people of what, what the jersey is about and that's it. Well, they're not start Francais. I mean, we don't expect them to come out with like a pink and polka dot jersey. I mean, yeah, we always... You'd need a special president for that, wouldn't you? (laughs) So, I mean, that's why it's been so strange. And I think, yeah, you're right. Simplicity is key with the All Blacks. Mm. Yeah, you you know what to expect. And this is... uh, The the designer was a French street designer called Faye the Wolf, which I'm sure is going down very well with all the All Black Mm. fans as well. Well, they're crying wolf now, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. No, exactly. Now, I mean, you look at the Springbok jersey that's been launched, and, and I mean, there's not much to say about it. The one thing I do like, I want to point out, is the way they've put in the collar the, the flag, which mm. has always been uh, sort of a talking point amongst the, the Bok fans as well. Mm. It's a nice little touch. There's not too much. The alternative jersey, probably not everybody's cup of tea, but not, not too much to say about that, to be very honest. Yeah, I, I looked at it, but I looked away very quickly. Uh, so I don't want to say too much about it. Yeah, too well, today, so. I think I think the only team we're really going to play in it is probably Ireland. If we lose the the sort of toss, we'll probably play some team in it, and let's hope it's somebody like Romania that we play in it. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, let's leave that one there. Saying that, we're all looking forward to to Loftus on Saturday. Let's go for a quick prediction, Liam. What's your prediction? 
I'm going to go Springboks. I think actually very similar to the 2001 game. Um, it won't be... It won't be um, a spectacle, but it will be a, a, a grind and a bit of an arm wrestle. And I'm going to go for um, 1915 okay. for the box. I think it's going to be a closer one, but I see the box scoring as they try to pull away by 10 points. Mm. It's 27-17, sort of that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't um, think it's going to be... Hard dry surface, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's not gonna, I don't think it's going to be in a classic of a rugby game. I think mm. both teams are going to try things out. So... Um, but yeah, I see a Springbok victory and I see probably a very colourful Eddie, Eddie Jones press conference afterwards. Wonderful. Thanks, Brendan. Uh, we'll do this again next week and I hope you can join us. Thank you. Yeah, good to, to chat to you guys. See you guys next week. Thank you.